We are back. Welcome back to the Henry Bros Racing Podcast. I'm Devin Henry. That's Chase Henry. Say hi, Chase. Hello. And we are ready for the Daytona 500, baby. The great American race is this Sunday. We would talk about who is starting where. Chase, I just smashed your your, oh, your cupcake. Yeah, move your muffin. And no, we are talking about a, a literal muffin, by the way. But uh, the Daytona 500 is on Sunday. We would talk about who qualified where and what the duels were like, but we are literally recording this right now as the duels are going on. So It looks good. Yeah, we we probably shouldn't speculate on who will win the, the duels when the duels are happening right now because you guys won't know anything. But one thing that we do know is the clash where Jimmy Johnson takes out Paul Menard intentionally to win the race. No, I'm, I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. We'll get into it. Um, I don't think it was intentional. I love how people freak out about it. It's a good time. Supercross, we haven't had a chance to talk about the Lime fiasco. The fiasco lime. of Lime. I have Lime, lime in my also truck. Also pulling out of ASU. What? Lime scooters. Lime is just going bad. off everywhere. It's been a bad yeah, it's, February for Lime. Yes, Lime is just taking a hit this February. Anything I, lime. I'm sure they really care about this. They'll probably have a press release out <laughs> soon. I guarantee it. Is there anything you want about USAC? Because USAC got um, started. Carson Short, uh, I want to say six minutes ago. I just saw it. Carson Short, fast time, first night at Bubba Raceway Park. Bubba. New USAC track record by over two tenths. That's not too shabby. So Carson Short should be fast. Tyler Courtney coming off hot to the start of the season. Um, hasn't made like a big move in the sprint cars yet. He hasn't. He wasn't fast qualifier. He did pretty good on the practice night. But last weekend, Friday, Saturday, USAC midgets were at Bubba and back-to-back winners. So gotta be feeling good, Tyler Courtney, for uh, back-to-back wins in the midget. Should be looking forward to tonight. So we'll get back to USAC in a bit. We're gonna focus on the Daytona 500 for right now. Uh, as we mentioned, the only racing that we've seen so far is the Clash because the duels are going on right now. By the time you hear this, two people will have won the duels. But we do know two things. One, William Byram is on the pole. Two, Alex Bowman is AZ. on the outside pole. AZ, baby. Alex Bowman for the second year in a row on the front row of the Daytona 500. Last year was the pole sitter. This year is going to be outside front row when we take the green flag. Once again, we haven't seen the duels, assuming that nothing happened to that car. Hopefully not in the uh, race going on tonight for duel number two, the race that he will be sitting on the pole for. William Byron kind of snuck to the back because when you're the pole here for the 500, you don't want to give that up. But nonetheless, God talk about the clash. Jimmy Johnson supposedly wrecks Paul Menard intentionally. That's, I don't, I don't think that's how this worked. So, for those of you who don't know, Paul Menard basically led the majority of the race. Paul yeah. Menard was was balling. He was doing a great job, to be honest. So he was tiring. There's no balls. So he was tiring, carring. Tiring it. He was driving. He was wheeling it. He was wheeling it. There we We're, go. Yeah, That's, we lost. He was balance. wheeling. Ooh. I should have thought of that one sooner. But nonetheless, he was wheeling, and then Jimmy Johnson uh, just kind of pops out. It looks like the car suction together gets on the left rear quarter panel of Paul Menard. Ends up taking out Paul Menard and about 15 other cards, give or takes. And yeah. that's how the race would end because then rain would come. Jimmy said he did the move because he knew that the rain was coming. Here's the deal, guys. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was the air 
how the car no aromatics aromatics how they kind of suction how they suction together because i i mean first of all that's not jimmy johnson to take someone out that's just not he would ra- i think that in his personality he would rather finish second than intentionally take Rutledge out the leader wood made a very strong point during motor mouse on Shoot. nbc which is a great uh, it, it looks fantastic yeah i, I love motor I only mouse saw right all now. of it but it, that looked really good but he said you don't win seven championships just saying oh i'm gonna take you out you don't you don't win seven championships just like oh hey guys I'm gonna take this by. That's yeah. not that's not how you get there. Yeah. So and that's not how that's he a, drives. No, it's not, and that's a very good point because, you know, you can always say, "Oh, that's not how he drives," but then when you throw in that seven championship point, it's like, oh, yeah, it it kind of hits it a little bit harder. Like that's really not how he drives. So here is in my mind kind of the innocence of Jimmy Johnson. You can call me a Jimmy Johnson like lover or whatever, and hate all of this because who the heck cares it's it's, well yes number one it's because i am (laughs) number two uh in the post-race victory celebration interview when he was asked about and shown the replay for the very first time here's the first thing first and foremost when you take someone out intentionally usually most people own up to it or it's like joey logano when he moved over truex and he knew it was gonna be a bad issue like at least you, like, kind of own up to it. Like, it was a racing move, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Jimmy, he was already, like, like when you... I think that he unintentionally did it, and here's why. Because when you take someone out unintentionally, the first thing that you're trying to think of, especially when you win the race off the move, is, like, it, it wasn't my fault. So, initially, and I think Jimmy believes, because if you look in the cockpit, he doesn't ever turn the steering wheel right. He never turns the car right. So, he's going, well, I didn't turn right, so Paul must have turned left. So, it's Paul's fault. And so he already has that frame of mind as he went around the track another lap, which is like five minutes basically uh, under yeah. caution at well, Daytona. longer because then the rain mm-hmm. and then they sat there. And and then they pulled in, you get out of the car, then the race is called, then you pull in the victory lane, then you get interviewed. So by that point, I think that in his mind, because he's already going, I'm innocent, he already had a story figured out of why he was innocent. Because from his point of view, he didn't turn right, so Paul must have turned left. So it wasn't his fault. And you can tell as he watches the replay and, and, and is trying to state his case very confidently that he didn't intentionally take out Paul Menard, he pauses as his car turns right. Because mm-hmm. I know in his mind he's thinking, I didn't turn right, but my car turned and, right. And Paul's thinking, well, I didn't turn I left. I didn't turn left, so Jimmy must have turned right. But Jimmy pauses as he watches the replay of him hitting Paul Menard, and very quickly he ended his statement after that. Like, I don't... That's not of Jimmy to intentionally take someone out. It sucks because Paul Menard and the Wood Brothers were running so dang well, and I would love to see them run in the top two year round. I think that'd be phenomenal because I like Paul Menard and I like the Wood Brothers. And it was also a non-point race. Yeah. So in my mind, like, Jimmy Johnson is a clean driver. He's a good driver. He's a talented driver, hence the seven championships. And people just got on his case. And I get it because the number, the only thing someone hates more than a loser is a winner. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what I'm yeah. getting out there? Yeah. Someone who just wins all the time, like seven championships and like five of them in a row. Yeah. You end up not liking the guy sometimes. It'll so, be like he touches someone and you're like, oh, he, he touched him. Yeah. I don't like that. So then on top of that, everyone overreacts on Jimmy Johnson. 
Then everyone overreacts. Oh, this new arrow package, the rules package, it sucks because we're just going to have cars crashing left and right at Daytona. Guys, this happens every year where there's a crash in the clash, and then we're fine for the duels, and then the race has one big one because it's the Daytona 500. And then it's someone's fault. It's never a racing incident in in NASCAR fans' eyes for some reason. Yeah, people it's don't understand a racing, racing incident. People don't understand. It's always that. like, oh, he meant to. It's like, no, that's or, not no. Or the other great, uh, the the other great great excuse. He can't drive. Yeah, that explains. Well, what, okay, that explains well, why he's in the top forty oval racers in go, the world right they go, now. Oh, well, that's what you have when when your dad or whoever has money. And here's the thing with the Jimmy Johnson thing. It's like, and and we kind of talked about this and uh, me and you both agree and you said it too it's like they're in a line and everyone's like oh, oh it's I love so this. boring you know they're just running the rim of daytona and then someone steps out of line and there's a wreck and they're like oh he should have stayed in line what was he thinking that was the best thing i saw on twitter after that race it, well, it's so true it's though. so true everyone's going this is stupid why are they all standing in line someone who goes out of a line that's stupid why didn't he stay in yeah, line that's exactly what happens but then here's my other thing, which just relates to what we were just talking about when you go, oh, this guy just has money. If you reverse those rules and put Jim, put, I'm sorry, Jimmy was behind. If you put Menard behind Jimmy and Menard hits Jimmy and causes that, go on to Instagram. It's because he can't find, drive. It's because he can't drive. You'll find, That'd be the excuse. You'll find it's because he can't drive. And the only reason he's got the ride is because of his dad or his grandpa's money, whoever whoever, whoever owns, owns Menards. Menards. Like, what that's the heck? What... We, we live in Arizona. I was like, what the heck is Menards? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that's what, if you, you can go onto Twitter, and I mean, Menards really not a controversial guy, so you won't find that much stuff. He doesn't smile. But... He has the same face year-round. <laughs> yeah. He's the least controversial driver in NASCAR. But He's the quietest. If you find, like, a post about him, and you go through comments, you can find people that say, oh, the only reason he's there is because is of the money behind him. Like, With that being said, they're like 11-year-olds. There's excuses, and I'm like, oh, my God. But that's a I'm fan, like, and that's just, Twitter, and I love Twitter, uh, and I love fans because they're passionate. So I like, I'm okay with it. It's just funny to read sometimes. Goofy. Just goofy. <laughs> it's just goofy, guys. Y'all goofy. But on top of that, I want to talk a little bit about I had a conversation with Glendale, Arizona native. He was supposed to go to Deer Valley, Chase. Did you know that? Deer Valley. He was supposed to attend Deer Valley High School, but I he ended up did. he ended up do, uh, going home school, and he would move to North Carolina when he was when he was 19 years old. But wow. Michael McDowell, native of Glendale, Arizona, driver of the number 34 Front Row Motorsports, loves travel stops for Mustang. Uh, talked to him on the phone. That was uh, Wednesday, and this is a guy who. I don't like. I didn't remember until I went back and looked at some tweets. Michael McDowell was racing for the lead multiple times in July at Daytona, like he was slingshotting through guys. He finished ninth there last year. He has his only top five of his career at Daytona, and he finished sixteenth at Phoenix last fall, one of the final races. He's on a roll right now, coming off of twenty eighteen. Now in his second year with this FMR team, going to arguably his best track. So I asked him, I was like, because he's a lower budget guy. After he left Michael Waltrip Racing, which is one car team for the most part. Yeah. I asked him, I was like, what is it like, you know, and I, I didn't mention, especially when you're someone who's not supposed to go out and score top tens in the first place. What's it like when you roll up to a track, you strap into the car and you go, I know for a fact that I can win this race. 
And he said, it's just, first of all, it's Daytona. So it's just the prestige when you go into the gates that you know where you're at and you race here two times a year, but this is the race, the Daytona 500. And he mentioned that the amount of confidence that you get, not from knowing where you finish, but when you're in the car and you know that you can win the race, the feeling that you have and the confidence that gives you when you know before the green flag falls, unlike the other 34 races on the schedule sometimes, I can win this race. And it was just a lot of fun talking to Michael McDowell about his success at Daytona and what Speed Weeks is like. So that was a lot of fun to talk about. And something from that interview that I took from Daytona that I kind of forget every now and again until I hear someone mention it when a Ricky Stenhouse Jr. or a Trevor Bain goes out and wins a plate race. Everyone says that anyone can win at Daytona. And I don't... That's not true. No, it, that's not, not true. And people will point at, well, look at Trevor Bain in the Wood Brothers Twenty One. When was the last time they had a top ten after that? It's like, okay, yes, but Trevor Bain is a great road racer. They point at David Reagan, who almost won in the six car for Roush Fenway Racing one year and has won a plate race. I say, well, watch him. He's a great plate racer. When you go to Talladega and Daytona, it's not about anyone can win here. It's about those restrictor plates take Hendricks and Joe Gibbs's gigantic, expensive motors, and it almost puts them to the level of a front row motorsports, of a, unfortunately now, Roush Fenway Racing. It puts it to those lower level guys where it's not that anyone can win there, but it evens out the playing field where the money that you have in your car and in your crew, it's not so substantial anymore where a Michael McDowell or a David Reagan or a Trevor Bain can go out and win a race at a restrictor plate track. And that makes things more interesting because they're going to have more. They don't use restrictor plates anymore, but I don't remember, I don't remember what they're calling them now, but stuff that lessens the horsepower and, and makes the engine smaller. Essentially, we're going to have that a lot of tracks now. So does that mean a guy like Michael McDowell or a guy like David Reagan or a guy like Corey LaJoy, or a guy like Matt DiBenedetto has a better chance at winning more races this year or being more competitive, and I love that. Yeah, and I I think, especially for Michael McDowell, you kind of have to have, you know, he's he's been there, he's a great plate racer, but I think even being on front row motorsports this year, that's an even, that, that has to give you even more confidence just because... And now it's your second full year with a third car. Yeah, well, you look at him, he's a great plate racer, and you look at the front row motorsports team. David and Reagan. That, yeah, the two the two Davids versus Goliath a couple years ago. Yeah, that David was David pushing David for the win. That was a great race. Through the pack, out of three. That team, and you, I mean, you can look at more races than just that one that they won. The front row motorsports team as a whole, when they've had two cars at a plate race, you can usually find both of them up towards the front obviously you're gonna have a yo-yo a little bit you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you go to the back to the front to the back but you will find them in the front sometimes so i think being on that team is also an extra little push of confidence because it's like these guys it's a team that can win at a plate track and you're a driver who can win at a plate track yeah it's it's two great teams or i'm sorry it's a great team and a great driver two great programs yes two great programs two great factors it, it it's got to be good. He's I I would expect to see him in the top ten for most of the race. And Michael McDowell's won a race. People forget that Xfinity Series road course. Okay. Going back to what 
we were talking about how people say so and so can't race or my I feel bad for Tanner Berryhill because he wasn't terrible equipment last year. And so people would say, ah, Tanner, Tanner Berryhill, he crashes every race. Well, yeah, because his equipment sucks. He's trying to go out and race above his head because he's used to driving quality equipment. I cannot wait to see Jeffrey Earnhardt race in the Xfinity Series. Why? Because people don't like him, even with the last name, because yeah. he doesn't get the finishes, because he crashes a lot, because he doesn't finish races. Look at who he's driving for in the Cup Series. I don't know who they are. I can't tell you who they are. Well, now it's go fast racing, but who was it before that? No, no, you're thinking of Corey LaJoy. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 my bad. Once again, though, same same concept. Yeah. But now, Jeffrey Earnhardt is going to race in the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs. Part-time. Part-time. But, but still, nonetheless. But so did Michael yeah. McDowell, where he was competitive every single race. Put a competitive guy in quality equipment. Xfinity, Cup, Truck, whatever. I would not be surprised if Jeffrey Earnhardt wins multiple races this year in the Xfinity Series. Would not be surprised one bit. Regan Smith almost did nothing besides that Darlington win, and people were surprised. I was not. He went to the Xfinity Series with Dale Earnhardt Jr. He almost won a championship. Multiple times. Multiple times. Every year. Every year that yeah. he was with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Junior Motorsports, he was contending for a championship in the Xfinity Series because he was put... And quality equipment. People underestimate the amount of good drivers that are out there. And they overestimate the amount of good equipment. They just don't match right now. Because racing on almost every single level, even iRacing, is too <laughs> expensive. And that's just how this works nowadays. But regardless, I can't wait to see Michael McDowell and David Reagan. Hopefully they, they have great races. They have a new teammate now, Matt Sift who note was never supposed to race again because he had a freaking brain tumor, got that removed, and he's racing in the Cup Series. That's so cool. But hope that they do well. That's an Arizona angle right there. Alex Bowman, wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and wins a race this year or multiple races now that he's going to be in his second full year with the 88 car. So I'm happy. The duels are going on right now. I'm expecting a great Daytona 500 per the usual. Anything else, Chase? You got you good on the five hundred next I'm, week's Atlanta. I'm good. No, 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 I'm not. I mean, I'm not looking forward to next week. On to next week. No, not on to next week. We're on still Atlanta? here. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, should we update Twitter? Is the duel done? It, it we, doesn't matter because no one's gonna listen listen to this till Friday morning. Who gives a crud? We can talk. Y'all already know. See new tweet. Um, what is it? Um, everyone's playing nice for now. Who will make their move to first? Don't miss it when it happens. Watch NASCAR. Uh, no. Oh okay. yeah. And also, they're in a line, so by now the someone's way, gonna step out, and they're gonna wreck, and they're gonna be like, "Why did he move out of line?" By the way, it's now called the Gander RV duels. I might have said Gatorade because it makes sense. Because back in 2003, oh. they were called the Gatorade duels. So. Gander's coming on strong in NASCAR. Well, it's also Camping World. Gander and Camping World are the same thing. Okay. So, whatever. So Chase. I have one question for you. Actually, I have two, but the second one comes a lot later. I have one question okay. for you this instant. Yes. Are you on the Webb wagon? No. Supercross well, Cooper Webb has won half the races this year, and he doesn't have the red plate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just that's throwing true. That. And Ken Roxon, who has the red plate, has won Goose Egg. None. Goose Egg. <laughs> um, I don't... He's 
Are I'm, you on the I'm web on, wagon? Okay, it depends what the web wagon Were is. you bit by a goat are like Ricky saying, Carmichael? Are you on Ricky Carmichael's web wagon? That web is going to win the championship. Is that the web wagon? I have no idea, but the answer is no. Yeah, I I mean... Someone asked. Someone asked does, on Supercross. Is Cooper Webb the best rider in Supercross? The right answer now, is yes. As of now. As of right now, Cooper Webb is the best rider in Supercross. And that there's no debate there. Yeah, because there's I mean, no debate. Because he has won closest, three races. Yeah, the next closest would win one. So it, it's hard to say that. Is he the best driver not, of the season? No. No. Not yet. No. I don't I don't think so. I definitely think he's got the potential to be because Absolutely. I mean you look at three wins in the first six rounds. Who was the last guy to do that? It was Jason Anderson yeah. last year, your reigning champ. Are you telling me that Cooper Webb's going to hurt his thumb at the start next year? No. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you never like to see guys hurt, so hopefully not. Um, I, I definitely think he, there's – I don't want to say I'm on the web wagon, but I'm definitely like, okay, like this is starting to come together for Webb after – being on the 250, winning multiple champions, winning a Supercross championship, multiple outdoor championships, going over to Yamaha 450 for the past two years and just having no results, even in outdoors, just injuries and just bad luck, no nothing to really look at and say, oh, that, that was good. You know, you might have a couple races where I think he put up maybe a, a six or a top five when he was on yamaha i remember he had like maybe at least one or two decent rides it was like oh maybe they're getting somewhere finally like you know this this might start getting the ball rolling just a little bit and then they can get into it it never happened there's nothing there comes onto the ktm goes from 22nd to 5th in the mud at a1 i think that was a definite i don't want to say sleeper because people noticed in the industry they're like whoa that was, that was, a, an amazing ride. And I don't think Cooper has ever been a sleeper because this has been expected out of him. Yeah, and that's the thing is that when it was on Yamaha, I think it hit so hard because he what he's doing right now was what he was supposed to be doing two years ago. Yes, and that didn't happen at all, not even close. So, I think a one it was kind of like we, we've got something going here. Maybe it's a mud Maybe. race. So, you know, you know, as mud you races are As you mentioned, mud. after A1, we know nothing yeah. of the season. It was like, oh, okay, you know, mud race, whatever. They come to Glendale. And it was like, uh, okay. And Blake Baggett went out and freaking yeah, showed Blake out. Yeah, Blake Baggett wins, and it was like, whoa. Different KTM this time, taking all the eyeballs. We've had a KTM podium this year. We and have. Think about that. If, if, if at the start of the year I would have said, here's your top three KTM riders. Or, or here's four KTM or riders even, this If you year. even said that Blake no, no. Baggett would win a race, is, I would have said no. Here is four KTM riders. Muscan, Webb, Bogle, and Baggett. We will have a podium of KTMs. Would you believe me? Would you believe me that with those four riders that there would be a KTM podium this year? Much less within the first five rounds. I mean, I would expect at least two. Like, I would expect maybe Muscan, Bogle, Muscan, Webb. But... You know, maybe maybe in a long really? shot. Really? Bogle maybe. above Baggett? No. I'm sorry. Did I say Bogle? Yeah, I you said Baggett. Bogle. I okay. Baggett. I was like, whoa, hold on um, a second. I never... I was like, we have another topic. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop the show. Um, 
man, I was just, I was really surprised because, you know, Baggett's not really, at the start of the year, you know, he's, him and Tomac are kind of infamous, I mean, Tomac's infamous for having terrible A1s and kind of, kind of fixed that up this year, um, but he just usually doesn't get off to a, a very great start, mm-hmm. but this year, unfortunately, he had a big get-off at the last round when he was in podium position, so that was a bummer we, we to see. We almost had another. But, we almost yeah, had we almost had KTM, or second KTM podium. Yeah, but um, he is... I think he's still kind of flying under the radar for some people because I don't think people think he's going to do Bag it, it or again. Baggett. I think people are going all nuts for Webb. Which, Web. it, which it, rightfully it's so. Though. Is Baggett for sure coming back next week after his injury? They've said yes. Okay. Which I'm glad because, I mean, he if, if he wouldn't have crashed, he'd still be in the championship hunt. Easy. Yeah. I'm oh, not yeah, saying absolutely. he's not, but uh, when you're over 20 back, I mean, I know we're only six weeks in. Well, I mean, still. everyone except for the top four is 20 back. Yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I want to go back to Cooper Webb real quick. This is a bigger turnaround than when Barsha went to Yamaha, which Barsha surprised all of us last year, yeah. I think, because he was a championship contender last year. But he didn't go out and win three motos in the first six weeks. Yeah, and I would... Well, or s- motos. I'm already in outdoors. Three A mains in the first yeah. six weeks. But I think even then, I don't think... I mean, Barsha had had a rough go. He hadn't won a main since 2013 until this year when he won A1. Um, I don't... He was expected to win championships coming up into the 450. He was expected to compete. He was expected to be a threat. It didn't necessarily really happen. Injuries plagued him. Went to JGR. That group was not very on point for him but I think he was at least in the hunt when he was on JGR because, you know, you'd get into outdoors and Supercross, and he'd be top 10, top 5. He would still be in the conversation. Webb was not in the conversation the past two years (laughs) at all. No. So I think it was – yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This Webb thing is a lot bigger than Barsha's comeback last year when – which Barsha was amazing last year on that comeback. That was crazy. Until he got injured. Yeah, until he got injured. Should that scare Cooper Webb? No, it's just a thing. That <laughs> okay. just, no. Every rider gets hurt. I Superstition. Get so, that out of here. Every racer. It doesn't matter if it's two wheels, four wheels, or 18. Every All these racers have giant superstitions, and I love it. Racing so things. I do want to talk about the 250 class, but I'm going to look ahead real quick to Arlington, which isn't named Dallas, which is weird because like Glendale, Glendale is named like Glendale Phoenix. Phoenix. I don't get it. Feld, Explain. But anyway, news today, we will (laughs) get get to that that too. Shut up. (laughs) Big news today, Zach Osborne is supposedly officially back at Arlington. Yeah, he was, there was some talk of him. Also note Justin Hill was injured, didn't race the A main, so it looks like Hill is already. Well, he didn't race it all last week. Yeah, Hill didn't race it all last week, so it looks like Plessinger's already like gone in the rookie of the year battle. But nonetheless, Osborne coming in, does this shake up top fives? Straight out of the game. See, I, I want to say yes. Um, Osborne was there was talk of him maybe coming back last week. It and didn't the week happen. before that, and well, so no, on, so I think the main rumors, the main shot was last week. It didn't happen. I think they were like, oh, we don't really care. We're, we want him to be ready. Mm-hmm. So coming back this week, I definitely think we'll have top ten, at least top ten. 
top seven, top five, I think, if things go his way. Why top seven? You just randomly threw seven out there. Well, is, okay, is that because Plessinger's going to win rookie of the no, year? No, it's less <laughs> than ten. Um, it's less year than ten. I definitely think, though, if things fall into Osborne's favor, he can definitely score top five. Because you've got your four main guys, Tomac, Roxon, Webb, Muscan. Will it be dry? Oh, no, wait, we're indoors, sorry. Yeah! It was supposed <laughs> to be wet at... Fe- oh, if it would have been wet at Glendale. Because it rained. Like For those of you who don't know at Glendale, it rounds. poured. And the roof is open. They shut the roof. And I was like, dang it. Anyway, continue yeah. on Osborne. Um, I think with those four, you're probably going to see them in the top five. And then I think it's really like Savachi, Brayton, Reed... Wilson, you know, you, you'll have those guys battling for the top five, but I don't think Osborne is going to be there. So, my question to you now. Uh-oh. This is the first race. First race. We will have the rookie, the hyped rookie class in. Who who out of these four? Is this for sure, though? It's Justin Hill for sure ready yes, to go this they've, week. Yes, they've said that Justin Hill is in for this week. Okay. Who, which rookie... Out of the top four, this is the first time we're going to have the whole rookie class racing together. Which one takes the, I don't want to say top step. Best finish. Out of the, yeah, the best finish. Top step out of all the rookies. Plessinger. Wow. See Not how, Savachi. See how quick Not that Savachi? took me? I mean, Savachi, let over, let Savachi a, has been great. He was phenomenal last week. Let over half week. the race. He's had a concussion that worried me after after Glendale. So the and next then he weekend, he did wrong, great. And he did amazing. He did great, which I don't. Kids, if you have a concussion, just shut up and sit down. Don't do what Joey Savacci did. I don't care if you're a millionaire. No. I I just. You know what? Maybe best finish would end up being Joey Savacci. But I think that Arian Plessinger has been on the verge of podium for too long and has been too consistent this year. Now, I'm not saying that it might break out at Arlington, but, you know, Savachi and Hill and who knows what Osborne is going to do. Gosh, I don't like doing that because I guarantee you I, I'm, I'm taking the safe pick here because Plessinger is consistent, and I know that's a safe pick, but that's how I'm going to go because I haven't been shown by the other three, partially because they've all been out almost Injured. multiple races. But when it comes to who's who do I think is going to finish the best, I have to pick Plessinger. Because Savachi's 14th in points, as you're pulling up the points right now. Yeah. Savachi is 14th. Hill is 17th. Plessinger is up to 9th right now, right behind good old Chatty Chad Reed. And right now, Osborne is 0th. So... He's not on it. I can't take it. I just... I, it, it's the obvious smart answer, but I think... Well, I shouldn't say smart. It's the safe answer. Yeah. Savachi's probably the smart answer, but I'm an idiot, so who cares? So I'm taking the safe way out, I guess, on this one. I'm disappointed in myself now. I, I was really high a minute ago. Now, see what you do, Chase. Sorry. Hitting with the me. facts. So there's a 20-point gap between Plessinger and Savachi. So give me the rookie of the year. Justin Hill's 40 back from Plessinger. I still think I it's Plessinger think. unless he gets hurt, still but with that being year. said... All right. Baggett crashed last week and he dropped like 18 points. So yeah, one one crash lot, where you don't finish can change everything. Savachi's got that though. He does have that, yeah. But th- I'm also saying that since Plessinger's more consistent than Savachi, Savachi's more. Even if Savachi goes out and wins two races this year and Plessinger doesn't, Plessinger's more likely to finish top 10 every race than Savachi is. That's what I'm saying. So I, I okay, I'll say that's fair because yeah, okay. So let's put that aside right that. now. 
We have now seen one race in the East, and it was Chase. Give me a word to describe whatever the heck we watched on Saturday in the 250 East class. By the way, okay, wait, are we, that is LCQ it just the was yeah. amazing. <laughs> was it just? Are we, I feel are bad for the privateers because that hurts. For those of you who don't know, when you fall off a bike that hard and get ran over, that hurts. I don't care what you're wearing. He could have been wearing body armor. That He's hurts. In. He's in for this week. Everyone that crashed last week in that LCQ is I in. hate seeing people crash because I know it hurts, and I know that I probably would never get back on a dirt bike again if I crashed like anyone, any one of those guys in the 250 LCQ. But goodness, it's entertaining. <laughs> dang it. I, was... I hate to wish for that every week because I hate to see those guys go down, but dang it, I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> it's like East Rutherford in 2017. <laughs> It was, it was just, fun. It was just smashing all around. But, I mean, even still, the 258 main was like, what is happening right now? But with that being said, is Austin Forkner a, a chalk? Are we done already? Chalk. Chalk. Your champion after week one is Austin Forkner. You stop watching. No. Is that what this is? No. Because Jordan Smith, I don't see him being Forkner. Justin Cooper's Ow. all right. Ooh. I don't see Amart doing it. Sexton is great outdoors, but I don't see him doing it either. Who else he got in there? Oldenburg, Cunningham. I mean, I don't see anyone. I love JoJo and JoJo. I'm, I mean JoJo. Jordan Smith. I don't, I don't know, why know you if got attached to him. But I don't you know. Just did. I just did, and and no one calls him JoJo, and I call him JoJo. So I don't know what happened with me last year, but nonetheless, I mean, I like Jordan Smith, but from last year, I don't. He's not a championship driver in my mind. Ryder, dang it, NASCAR. Mean. I don't he see have won him. the championship. And I don't know why, two but years in ago, my head, I just years don't ago, see Two years ago, he it. had the championship until he went down. And I just, I don't know why, but I just don't see he it was, from Jordan Smith. He was leading the championship until he fell. So here, okay, so let me rephrase that. Fortner and Smith are your only two that can win the championship. How about that? Honestly, is that more comfortable? Pretty much, I have to say yes. Unless, I mean, Sexton started coming on strong in the East last year. And at he the did end. great out, uh, outdoors, too. Yeah, so I think... Sexton can definitely he's he finished fifth. I think if they can get stuff on the right track, I think that he is definitely a if they get stuff turned around next week, I think that he can be in the hunt. And I by turned around I mean I think you kinda gotta have a podium. Honestly, I think you gotta have a podium. And Justin Cooper I still don't think you can really tell because he only did one race last year, then got hurt, got the podium last week. It's like, you can't tell. Like, it's, he ran the whole outdoor series and did phenomenal. He did very good for a rookie. Well, very well as a rookie. He did very well as a rookie, whatever. <laughs> I had to do it. So it's kind of like, you almost don't know because it's like, if Sexton and Cooper can kind of stay where they are, they can definitely be threats, um, but I think mostly it is, though, down to Fort Smith and Davalos, maybe. Oh, man. Dav- <laughs> I mean, but he missed a whole round. With that being said, we're talking 250, so, oh, I mean, geez. they could crash. I'm Okay. Explain. So, where did he finish? 16th. I mean, you... Something happened. I you, forgot what happened, you but something basic, happened to I the, mean... Something I happened know. to the bike. I don't know. He's really deep in there. But so before we get to Limegate, I'm Lime bringing Gate. back the pop quiz. Pop quiz. Chase, you're still in school. Gross. So you so you get a pop quiz today. All right. Cooper Webb 
has won three cowbell. Hey, it's Shane Eccles. Chris, no. <laughs> ah. Inside joke on a radio podcast that you can't see anything. Great. So, Cooper Webb has won three of the first six rounds. Name the last rider to go six for six in the first six rounds. Six for six. Bonus points if you guess the year. It's And it's a very big year for you, by the way. It's Jeremy, Gra- Jeremy McGrath. Is it, it was that easy? 2000. No. You said it was a big year for me. What? Yeah, it was, it was the year that I was born, though. <laughs> it's not a big year for me. I wasn't born yet. It was. It was a big year for you because now because you, you've had to deal with me ever since you were born. That's not a big year for me. I don't care. But been, yeah, did did you already know. read this article from from Racer X? You, no, you got that so easily. Jeremy Jeremy McGrath year. went six for six in nineteen ninety six. Because he's a baller. Or we I know. Are, I'm sorry. But but you kind of thought like I don't know. There's a couple who were who were close. Like McGrath in two thousand won four out of six actually. But Carmichael won four of six close. in two thousand one. Carmichael won three of six in two thousand three. Chad Reed won four of six in two thousand four. Carmichael won five of six in 2005. Like, I couldn't have thrown. How did you know that? How did you know that it was Jeremy McGrath? Like, you didn't even think about it. You just knew. I just know. I just. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I just knew. Let's see. I didn't go through the whole list. Is there anyone else who just, like, freaking ripped it? Okay. So how about this pop quiz then? Because there's no way that you know this off the top of your head. Oh, Jim Ellis won four out of four when there's only four rounds. <laughs> the very first year of Monster Energy Supercross was, I guess technically, 1973. How many rounds did they have? Three. Incorrect. I said the year wrong. It's 1974. I said three accidentally. Yeah. So I guess it was zero back in yeah, 1973. Well. This is went very poorly for me. We're going to Limegate. For those of you who don't know, Lime. writers... After a very, 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 very wet San Diego, a couple people the next day said, Ow, my nipples, quoting Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously. The next day, we had some more. A couple said, Ow, my butt, and a couple said, Ow, my legs. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. A little bit later, like a few hours later, we had a few writers say, I'm in a very uncomfortable position sitting down on my couch right now due to chemical burns. And there are some also very uncomfortable areas in a spot that is very, very necessary to be moving around and sliding around when you are riding a dirt bike that will go unnamed. Obviously, when this news hit, it was kind of a big deal because chemical burns are not good. Are not good, especially in places that need to be moving. Otherwise, are very okay. uncomfortable. Anyways. Your forearm sucks, but somewhere else around your groin area would be really, 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 really bad on a dirt bike. Obviously, this drew a lot of attention. So, what ended up happening, they said it came from Lime. Yes, who was removed from ASU, apparently. I didn't know that, Chase. What? You just told me that oh, lime scooters were lime. lime scooters that were removed from ASU. Removed but no, they literally used Lime... Not, not a literal not, not okay they not have people a literal, they have people not peeling limes line. and they squirt lime juice all over the track the it chemical, takes about 10 hours the chemical yeah, the lime, chemical that lime. Has been used which for by the way the memes de- for many years the memes were great 
there was a giant barrel of limes. The picture yeah, was, was taken. That They're was like a good one. live outside of. <laughs> it, it, it was great. But anyway, the chemical, chemical lime, lime has been used for decades upon decades upon decades to help dry and maintain. Okay, two decades. Decade that that's still decades upon decades. That's two decades. Yeah. To help dry tracks, and to also maintain the track shape so it didn't just melt when something hit it. I think that when the biggest issue was, was when there was a giant well in front of the start gate. I mean, literally, it looked like a drag boat. It looked like when the riders hit, drag boats were hitting the gas on a drag race. It just sprayed everywhere. And that's where I think most guys got really jacked up. Feld came out. Um, who's who, who is the guy that talked to everyone? I can't remember his name. Dave Prater. Dave Prater. Went on to, and I thought his performance was terrible. At uh, well, it just on, seemed... on, on NBC, he talked to Ralph Shaheen, and it was obviously super set up. It was super yeah. PR. After listening to what Racer X put out, he was well, just much listening to the media roundtable that they listening to the media voluntarily held, which with is really media. cool. He sounded a lot better. I wish because the majority of people did not hear the roundtable that was recorded yeah, by Racer X. I don't, Racer I don't X. think a lot of people. The majority of people didn't hear that. The majority of the people heard him very politically speak on NBCSN during the race. I think that's the first problem that Supercross is going to have moving forward because as as he mentioned in the media roundtable, Feld is looked at like the bad guys, kind of like how Roger Goodell in the NFL is looked at. Yeah. Which they're not. They try to work with the riders, and they work with the media best they can. You have to remember that Monster Jam and Supercross are owned by Feld. Literally everything has a puppet master, that being Feld, and every single thing that Supercross does. It's not like NASCAR where they have a president and a board, whatever. It's Feld. Feld has their people. They have a board, too. But it's a, it's an entertainment company that puts on shows like Disney on Ice, for crying out loud. Yeah. That's who yeah. Feld is, That's for those of you do. guys who don't know. Like all those like Marvel on ice and the Marvel Spectacular and Disney on ice and this character on ice, that's all Feld. Yeah. I didn't know that until before the season started. I know, me too. I, I, went I told you, and you were like, what do you mean? Like, Whoa. But this is an entertainment company, but they're looked at as if they're Roger Goodell in the NFL. I think that Feld has done a good job up to this point trying to right the wrongs because as they mentioned, it's not like they intentionally put too much lime in the water. Yeah. It's not like this was intentional. It's just problematic that they don't know exactly what it was. They have ideas, they have theories, and they believe that they are correct. But at this point, they're just theories. Because if you use the lime correctly, we've seen over the past 20 years, you're fine. So this is well, kind of a bad luck, but, a, a bad look on Supercross. Because now, because of the pressure that's going to come from people who don't understand that, you're going to have to find a new way. And if that way ends up being misused worse than the lime was... Now you're going to have a really bad Well, rap. okay. One, they haven't completely... Figured it out. They haven't. Outlawed Lyme. Yeah. Apparently, they were asked that they said... Somebody asked, hey, are you worried about Detroit? And they said, yes. So, they're worried about Detroit they being They should be worried too, about the whole season because for wet. some reason, we've had six rounds and four of them have had rain. Well, okay, but now they're, they're really going to dome. Five have. There's been five weather problems were, at six of the venues, even four. though... To well, you gotta count Minneapolis because of snow. If that was open, there yeah, there has been either snow or rain at five of six rounds, which is unheard of. 
Luckily, about half Especially have been in for dome. California and Arizona. Yeah, for California and Arizona. <laughs> this is unheard of. So you have to expect that your next 11 rounds are going to have some sort of rain or something, mm-hmm. too. Because that's just how you need to act when five out of six have rain or snow. So, I mean, you, you have to be careful here because eventually... Well, because also, there's some privateers who still don't feel... that They gave $5,000, which I think is great. Well, they gave them a an lot option. An option Not for $5,000. Not all of them have taken it. Because they believe that, first of all, you can't buy new gear, pay medical bills, and also buy a brand new bike with $5,000. Which is right. I, I mean, can go I to Disney World for 5000 bucks though. So, <laughs> tangent. Carry on, Chase. Um, so, I definitely think I only got this from reading a lot of articles. And I think listening to the roundtable is that lime is mixed in before the dirt even gets to the track usually so that's what they did normal thing um saturday if you guys did not know it was expected to rain they cut out a lot of that program to try to avoid the rain they left the tarp on the track all day they cut out every practice session what the ama had posted online for a daily schedule was i believe it was 250B qualifying, 250A qualifying, 450A qualifying, 450B qualifying. That's it. They had the field Which covered is like, up. For those of you who don't know, that's like a quarter. That's like a that's, quarter yeah, of, they the, cut uh, out of the pre-race a, schedule. Yeah, they cut out a very large chunk of the day. Just the events. And so they left. And I think that qualifying ended about I don't remember. I'll have to look at the schedule. But it definitely, it might have been 45 minutes before opening ceremonies, an hour before opening ceremonies. It wasn't, like, a super long time. I mean, I guess you could, they could have cut it down, whatever the time was. I don't remember exactly. But they kept it covered all day. And when Dave Prater, the top guy at Feld for Supercross, when they talked to him, he said to cover a track properly in a good way takes about three or four hours i think he said if you just want to throw it on there and not do a good job it'll take like two still think about how you cover a baseball diamond and that still takes about 20 minutes imagine covering a racetrack with jumps and turns on that baseball field it's gonna take like five times as long and then taking it off is about 45 minutes to an hour and you have to realize if there's already some water on that, he said it's very, very hard, and I don't think Keep anyone. The water off. Yeah, no uh, one really thinks about it. That but, would suck. But it, it you, once he mentioned this in the roundtable, I was like, wow. It becomes obvious, but you're not thinking about yeah. that as a fan. Well, it's like they have to pull the tarp up, but then with all the water and mud that's already on it. You have to somehow keep that from just sliding back onto the track. You have to somehow dilute that to off the track beside the track somewhere not within those little walls imagine when they take the tarp off of a baseball field how they run you can't do that on a super (laughs) track yeah you Um, have to walk or slowly walk yeah so they said after qualifying i believe it was after the qualifying sessions there was some rain coming down i think it stopped for a moment or something maybe all all i remember is that they tried to put lime on the track after, which is not usually because usually they mix 
the lime in while it's still at whatever compound they got the dirt from. They mixed the lime in, and the rain came down so quickly and so heavily, it did not allow the lime to soak into the soil properly. So then when it created those puddles, it wasn't just puddles of rain. It, it was, was puddles, puddles of lime. lime. And that's so, why you get chemical burns. Yes. So it wasn't... It's hard to put blame down because it's just kind of like they tried to make it better. And they but made it worse. no one predicted how hard and how quickly that. it would get shot I like that with the rain. I try to do things like five times a week where I'm trying to do something to make it better and I make it worse. I do that like every single day. So I can't blame Feld. And I think that what they're trying to do, how transparent they're trying to be with the fans and the media, like people think about Supercross like the NFL, like it's a giant football league. The racing community is very small. From the owners to from the owners of the sanctioning body to the media members to the racers to the amateurs, it's a small freaking world. It really is. The media members know who's in charge. They yeah. will call who's in charge. They did call who's in charge. And I think everyone is right in not blaming Feld as much for the Lime as they do for uh, Supercross not being live every single week. I think people are still more upset about that than Ooh. the line. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think that they're on the right track. But there's no way to say that there's going to be a perfect way to drive racetracks when it soaks. Yeah. There's no I, way I to say that. Just gone there's that no point. way to say that there's going to be something better than Lime in that situation in the next 50 years. There's no guarantee that if they wouldn't have done anything, that they would have even had a track where people were going to have the ability to race on. So, what happened sucked. If there's a way to make the lime that doesn't cause the chemical reaction, but still maintains its purpose, that'd be great. I don't think there is, because then... They would have done it already. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, like, if they had different options, you know... It, it, so, you know how cannabis, Dean Wilson, I'm kidding, that was a joke. In weed, cannabis makes you high. So, what do they do to try to help some people? They took out the cannabis. So, now it doesn't get you high if you're using it for medical purposes. When you use lime, if you want to use the lime without having the giant caution, chemical reaction stuff thing... You take that out, and it still functions in a positive manner. But if that's not possible, you know... Then you can't you, do yeah, it. Yeah, you're kind of waiting you for something You could have done else. it. You, could, you can do that with weed, and they do do that with weed. And it helps people in a positive manner. You can't take the chemical stuff out of lime and have it react in a positive manner. Then it's not lime anymore. So, I think Feld has done a good job. I think most of the media members have agreed to that as well. I definitely, like, when... When Dave Prater came on to NBC, mm -hmm. him and Ralph did that little interview. Even I was kind of like... That was a terrible interview. That was terrible. And, I, and it was a bad look for Feld. I was kind of like, oh, whatever. Because no, like, one, I, no one believes I, a word that he says. Because I, of the, in which the manner that he's saying it, in the manner that the interview was conducted. And this isn't a shot at him or Ralph. It's a, it's a shot at whoever thought that that was a good idea. Well, Which it was a good idea if it would have been more like the media roundtable. But Feld, I'm, I'm sure that the PR people at Feld were too worried about something being said wrong. But at the end of the day, it was filmed early. 
It was recorded. It was probably edited for time's sake, as almost everything recorded is on a live event. And it could have been done more organically. When stuff from a boss that is viewed as an evil substance is not organic in an obvious measure, it will not go over well. Well, okay. The NBC interview, like, yeah, I, I pretty much just took a disliking to him. I was like, and I don't really like out. this guy. You said this dude is a jerk and you zoned out. No, because I still want to hear what he said. Okay. So, but don't I, I kind of took a disliking. But after I listened to the media roundtable, I was like, this I is, like this guy. I, I was like, like he's, yeah, this is even, a cool guy. Even you went like midway while he while they were talking. You went, who is this? This isn't the guy that was on TV. Yeah. And I went, yeah, no, this is the same guy. And I you went, I didn't think I like this guy. guy now. I didn't. He think it was sounds the same guy. he sounds a lot like better than he did on TV. And even uh, me after listening to the roundtable, I was like, this is the the Dave Prater that the public needs to see because to see. that that, that round see. table completely changed my view because the public only sees Feld as guys that are taking money away from the rioters and they're this bad organization after the round table and and hearing what dave prater wants to do to help the rioters and help just the sport in a whole i was like this is what people need to see because that round table completely changed my view of film. It changed my perception of the entire company, not just the Lyme incident, not just the PR move with the interview with Ralph Shaheen. It changed my idea of who Feld was, which I thought was really cool. And I was like, this well, needs to get out there. I think to people, Feld, like, you, that was the first time I remember really anyone from Feld coming onto TV. So I think. When the public thinks of Fell, it's just kind of like this mysterious, mysterious, this mysterious organization. <laughs> yeah, this the mysterious, mysterious figure that's this dangerous. And but you know, once you kind of hear stuff of like what they're trying to do, and you kind of and you hear it from the top guy up there, you you start to get a little recognition, and you're like, oh, this is this is who it really is. So. At the end of the day, I know it's two weeks old. I think Limegate isn't going to be put to bed for a long time. It's gonna, well, and that's the I hope mean, is that this conversation leads to others and better conversation. Exactly. This is a good conversation to be had for Feld, for the riders, for Supercross. And I still know that privateers aren't going to be happy because you can't buy a new bike. And I know that they say that it's mostly cosmetics. But that's not what the privateers are saying. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not... I think someone said this. I'm going to believe the privateers before Feld because the privateers have their bike. And the privateers are working their butts off to just get to a single race. So it'd be nice if Feld could buy them a new bike. But Chase, what, what did we figure? If every privateer got got 5000 bucks, what did we say? quarter million right there? How much more do you want to well, give them? Okay. How much more do you want to give them? Because 5000 times how many privateers are there? There's a lot. I mean, I mean, you might as well just. I don't know about quarter million. Okay, well, yeah, I, I think wait, let me let me. Let's say that there's me, twenty privateers in the two fifty and the four fifty. What is forty times five thousand? Twenty thousand? No. Two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so yeah, actually, maybe it's close to quarter million. Yeah, I million. guess actually. Two hundred thousand dollars they were willing to throw away. How much more? Or how much more should they give them? That's the hard part. Is that. Some of the costs are going to be more than 5000 but at the same time, Phil can't just give just, away just dose over... it out. Yeah, they can't just hand out over Otherwise, a quarter the, million dollars. There's no purse at the race anymore. 
yeah, well, and that's already one of the complaints. And then they go back to, oh, the public's like, oh, and, you know, you got this ruckus again. But who knows? Anyway, I think that Fell did a good job Applaud so Feld. far. Yeah, good Woo! job so far. I, I mean, liked it. The problem is that's not going to go away, so we're going to talk about this more, I'm sure. Um, the duels are going on right now. Kevin Harvick won one of them. Shocker. He's probably going to win an ISM Raceway, too. He's going to be my pick for now. Um, USAC, we'll talk more about it. Any other note besides there's 20 NOS cars on the track at once, it seems like? <laughs> uh, who wins 250-450? Oh, yeah, yeah. On to, uh, on to Arlington. Um, no, you can't joke. look. You can't, I can't look. look. Just, Ow, that's just my tell eyeball. me. Yeah, that's I know. You can't eyeball. look. Stop. The web page isn't even open anymore. Shut up. It's a picture of Parker Kligerman smiling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go against, um, oh, excuse me. Forkner. Not going to go against Forkner. Um, 450 class in Arlington. You know what? Just for fun. Just for funsies. Because the only people who listen to this to this podcast is mom. Happy Valentine's Day, mom. Um, maybe grandma. Happy Valentine's Day, grandma. Um, whoever else you are, tweet me at DevonHenry77. Who are you? Um, because no one cares... I think it'd be really fun to see Marvin and Muskan win. Without what do you mean for without, fun? That's not out without, of the question. Shut up! Without Cooper Webb on the podium, I want to see this thing flip. I want That's entertainment. Still not out of the question. It's not out of the question, but he hasn't. Not at that all. <laughs> Whoa! He has, don't he even. Has, he has. Been, he has gone progressively worse. <laughs> As the year no, he has it. What do you have? Four second places? I would just love to see this internal battle between Cooper Webb and Marvin Muscam play out on on, on, a, up, on a public like front. On a public front. I think that'd be hilarious. Pure energy. Stop eating your muffin. The show's not over. <laughs> I will smash that muffin again. Who's your freaking picks? I'm going to go with. Ken Roxon extends the lead. K-Rock. And if Jordan Smith gets the start, Jordan Smith. Just because I got to go opposite of you. And he, he had a legitimate shot last week. He honestly did. He was catching Forkner until he, he washed out. Yeah, so, I, but I think Forkner was also on cruise control at that point. Maybe. I think so. Well, you never know. You do never know. Unless you ask yeah. it, unless you ask his mechanic special here on the Racing Bros podcast on the phone. We don't have anyone. That'll do it for the Henry Bros <laughs> Racing Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you actually listen, you know, it's whatever. Stop hitting me when I talk about people not listening to the podcast. We had eight views on the first episode. I feel like you were seven of them. I was not. I was none. <laughs> so okay. thank you all for listening because I'm better at signing off than him. <laughs> then finish. Finish the sign off. Advertise no, you the show. You can't. I'm eating my muffin. Are. You just said that you're better than me. Are you better than me? Yeah. Do it. Advertise the show. Promote the show. Promote the former episodes. Promote what we're doing next week. All right. I Say am Chase Henry. Close the show. And this is Devin Henry. Say goodbye. Goodbye. This has been the Henry Bros Racing Podcast. And remember to tune in next week for more NASCAR talks, more Supercross talk. We'll have some USAC in there too. PRR coming up in March. We're going to have... Oh, my gosh. You screwed it up. Oh, ISM in March. No, you still got it wrong. It's ISM. Raceway. I...
ISM is the company. Okay, thank you all for listening. <laughs> Please tune in to our other episodes if you want to hear other last episode Chili Bowl talk, some other Supercross talk from Glendale, some more NASCAR talk was in there, I believe. My dad's wearing an apron. What the heck? But anyways, thank you. Don't forget check in for some more podcasts click coming at you next week. Click subscribe. <laughs> we don't have subscribe button. I got you. Follow Let's us. See. Follow him on Twitter, Hustlin Henry. Thank you all for listening. What? Who's on Hustlin Twitter at Hustlin Henry? Hustlin Henry?